I want to talk to you tonight uh, about some attractions in heaven. When we think about attractions, what comes to our mind? Well, you may think of a theme park. You may think of a museum. You may think of a display or something like that. Well, let me just say to you that heaven is a place of attractions, that certainly there are things about heaven that attract us, that cause us to want to go there. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen, that heaven in many ways, when you compare it and contrast it with the world that you and I live in, that there are so many things about it that are completely opposite from what you and I are accustomed to. Just look at the news headlines today. Isn't it sad that obviously that most of the headlines in the news, I mean the vast majority of those are absolutely negative. They're draining. Death, disease obviously, the pandemic, financial strain, political upheaval, controversy, arguing, debating back and forth, questioning people, being suspicious of people's motives and qualifications and so many things, crime, corruption, and that's on a national scale, locally, things going on right here in our own county, in our our own town and city. And even in your very sphere of life, your family, your inner circle, there's hurt, there's pain, there's disease, there's cancer, there's COVID. There's separation and divorce. Hurtful words. Accusations. Things swirling all around us all the time. I don't think I've ever felt like I feel tonight where I have had any greater desire to go to heaven than I do now. I believe many of you feel the same way. Well, friends, because of the grace of Jesus, when we get to heaven, what are we going to see? What are the attractions of heaven? Let's talk about the sights, first of all. Uh, obviously here in Scripture, uh, there, the, the sites, and, and by the way, go ahead and turn to Revelation 21. Revelation 21 in your Bible, verse 1, And I saw a new heaven, thank God, and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them. They shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain." for the former things are all passed away. Think about the sights. Well, we notice, first of all, the gates. There are 12 gates in the wall oriented to the compass with three each on the east, the north, the south, and the west sides. There's an angel at each gate, or at each gatehouse, according to Revelation. These gates are each made of a single pearl, giving them the name, the pearly gates. 
The names of the twelve tribes of Israel are, are written on these gates. The gates of the New Jerusalem symbolize access. They symbolize a passage to and from the city. In ancient times, a city's gates were always closed at night. <laughs> Even at Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, the gates are secured and shut and locked at night. But not so with the New Jerusalem. The open gates imply easy access to all the inhabitants and the citizens of heaven made possible because of the blood of Jesus. Each gate or gatehouse will be made from a separate pearl. In the ancient world, the pearl was the highest in value among the precious stones. Some commentators suggest that God chose to use a pearl to remind us that just as a pearl is formed through an oyster's pain, so the new Jerusalem was made possible through the pain, the sacrifice, and the death of the Lamb of God. In fact, everywhere we will look in heaven, we will see eternal reminders of the ultimate price paid for our redemption. The river of life is there, mentioned in Revelation 22.1. And He showed me a pure river of water, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. This represents the fact of paradise. There's the tree of life in Revelation 22.2. In the midst of the street and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruit and yielded her fruit every month. In other words, 12 different manner of fruit, 12 times a year. <laughs> wow. There's no tree on earth like that. And then we notice the geology. Multiple precious stones and natural commodities that abound in the new heaven, new earth, the new Jerusalem. Revelation 21, 18 through 21, the building of the wall was of jasper. The city was gold, like unto glass. The foundations of the wall were garnished with all manner of precious stones. Jasper, which is a ruby red stone. Sapphire, royal blue. Uh, a white stone. An emerald green bright stone. A yellowish stone. Sard uh, a sardonyx. A sardius. A bright red. A uh, chrysolite. A yellowish green. Of uh, the eighth beryl is, is an emerald uh, colored. And then, then on and on we could go. There's topaz, which is a colorless transparent stone. A uh, 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 Chrysoprasus is an apple green color, uh, uh, reddish orange color. Uh, amethyst is a violet color. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. All these stones and all this color and all this creativity and all this variety. We notice the topography. Multiple mountains, multiple rivers. Wow, what a, what a true paradise. No wonder Jesus said today to the thief on the cross, you'll be with me in paradise. Those are the sights. How about the sounds? Well, we're going to hear praises in Revelation 4, 8. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. In verse 10 and 11, the four and twenty elders fall down before Him that sat on the throne and they worship Him that live forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord. Praises. Constant theme of heaven is the greatness and glory of Jesus. We're going to be praising Him throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. But then there are songs that we're going to hear in heaven. Chapter 5, verse 9, They sung a new song, saying, 
Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. Verse 11 through 14, And behold, I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne. The beasts, the elders, the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. Thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory, blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as in their sea and all that are in them, I heard say, Blessing, honor, glory, power be unto him that sits on the throne and under the Lamb forever and ever. And those four creatures said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped Jesus. <laughs> wow! There's praises, there's songs, there's testimonies. One of my most favorite things to do is to brag on Jesus and to hear other people brag on Jesus. Eternity in heaven is going to be one infinite praise fest with all the glory going to Jesus as we simply tell our story of redemption. Simon Peter says in his epistle that the angels long to investigate these things. You see, angels aren't redeemed creatures, but we are. They want to know and learn more about that when it comes time to praise the Lord for His glorious redemption and salvation. The angels have to stand down, step back, and tone it down just a bit. They truly will step aside because they cannot sing our new song. Because they don't understand it. But we do. And we can. And we will. I love to tell the story for those who know it best, seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when in scenes of glory one day I sing a new, new song, guess what it'll be? It'll be the old, old story that I've loved so long. There's songs, there's praises, there's worship, there's testimonies, there's fellowship that we'll hear. Imagine believers from every nation, every generation, ones we know, ones we don't know. No time barrier, no language barrier, no cultural barrier, no distance barrier. We'll be able to talk and fellowship throughout the ceaseless ages. Nobody looking at their clock telling us it's time to leave. <laughs> the sights, the sounds. What about the size? How big is heaven? Is it going to be big enough to accommodate the crowd of the redeemed? Revelation 21.16 says the height, the length, the width are of equal dimensions. That's just the New Jerusalem. Remember, the New Jerusalem is the capital city of heaven as were the Holy of Holies in, in the tabernacle in the first temple. They measure, speaking of the dimensions, they measure 1,200, I'm sorry, 12,000 furlongs, which is approximately 1,500 miles. John writes that the wall is 144 cubits, which is assumed to be the width since the length is mentioned previously. So it's 144 cubits, are equal, are about equal to about 72 yards. So the description of the quadrangular form of the city intimates its perfection and stability. For the square figure in the minds of the ancients was a figure of perfection. A square or 
cubicle man was to them a man of unsullied integrity, perfect in all things. Therefore, John could very possibly be saying that heaven is absolutely perfect in every way that a human mind can imagine. As one writer stated, it pictures faultless symmetry, transcending in glory all of our most glowing concepts. When you add all the dimensions up just of the New Jerusalem, that's 1.9 million square miles of space. Let that sink in, gang. That's roughly midway between the size of Australia and India. Just for the New Jerusalem. Randy Alcorn said that a metropolis of this size in the middle of the United States would stretch from Canada to Mexico, from the Appalachian Mountains to the California border. The New Jerusalem is all the square footage anyone could ask for, he said. We don't need to worry that heaven will be too crowded. The ground level of the city will be nearly 2 million square miles. That's 40 times bigger than England and 15,000 times bigger than the city of London. It's 10 times as big as France and Germany and far larger than India. But remember, that's just the first level. That's just the ground floor. Given the dimensions of a 1,500-mile cube, if the city consisted of different levels, each story would were a generous 12 feet higher than the city could have over, get this, 600,000 stories. If they were on different levels, billions and billions and billions of people could occupy the new Jerusalem with many square miles per person left over. That's just the capital city of the new heaven. Structure of the city itself and the walls will will remind the citizens of the perfect and eternal nature of their infinite and unlimited security that the new Jerusalem offers. The sights, the sounds, the size. But what about the Savior? Oh, Revelation 5, 6 says, I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as he had been slain. You see, ladies and gentlemen, at the centerpiece of all heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. We will behold His face forever and ever. You see, the main attraction of heaven is not the sights and the sounds and the sighs. The main attraction is Jesus. So as we conclude tonight, three thoughts. If Jesus is who and what makes heaven heaven, And we can start now enjoying heaven. (laughs) Because we can start enjoying Jesus now. Number two, heaven will be anything but drab, dull, boring, and lifeless. And some of us that get our willies off of dull church and drab church, let me tell you something, gang, we better hang on when we get to glory. It's going to blow our boots off. (laughs) Number three, Being more heavenly minded can cause us to be of more earthly good. (laughs) I'm convinced it's time to get our minds out of this gutter world and get our minds on glory.
That'll help us. That'll be good for us. That'll inspire us. That'll motivate us. A life of godliness and sanctification and greater love for Christ. I cannot wait to go to heaven. Are you ready? Are you getting other folks ready to go with you? God help us. I love you. Let's praise God. Let's worship Him. Let's look up. Because your redemption draweth nigh.